My Govan, and welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and it's time for more Thursday Tolkien thoughts. And one of the things that Tolkien is kind of famous for, for at least those who have read the Silmarillion or at least his biography, is for kind of self-inserting himself into the Baron and Luthien story, and also his wife into the Baron and Luthien story, because Luthien is based on his wife, and therefore Baron is kind of based on him. And in fact, he put both of those names on their gravestones, respectively. So, he's already kind of done this, you know, self-insertion thing into his own stories. But I was thinking recently about another way in which he kind of did the same thing. It's not as direct, and it's arguably not even true in the sense that he might have been consciously thinking about it, but... The relationship of Bilbo and Frodo is in some ways kind of like his relationship to Christopher Tolkien. And the way I mean that is J.R.R. Tolkien, while he was writing The Lord of the Rings, relied very heavily on Christopher, along with some other people like C.S. Lewis, for feedback and you know advice and things like that. He would send, while Christopher was you know, off in the Royal Air Force fighting in World War II, he would send, like, whole chapters to him to read, to get feedback on, you know, what do you like, what do you not like, what do you think works? And in some ways, this is kind of similar to the way Bilbo and Frodo are co-authors of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Frodo, not really so much a co-author of The Hobbit, although it's not exactly clear how much of The Hobbit was finished by Bilbo in this whole idea of the conceit of, you know, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings being an ancient text that Tolkien discovered and uh, translated rather than just created. I've done a whole video on that topic of the, the whole conceit of the translation. I'll link to that in the description. But there is very definitely some co-authorship going on in The Lord of the Rings itself, and there's definitely you know, some talking and feedback between some of the parties. And Sam gets involved in this too, because Sam eventually ends up writing some of the very last stuff after Frodo has left for the Grey Havens. Obviously, Frodo does not write the part where Sam goes back to his home and says, well, I'm back, because he wasn't there to see it happen. So Sam had to have written at least some parts of it, but it's, it's, he's a little bit off to the side in, in that sense. So... Bilbo and Frodo both write The Lord of the Rings to some extent because Bilbo seems to have written the earlier chapters based on what Frodo probably told him in Rivendell when he arrived after, you know, escaping the Black Riders and crossing the ford and all that stuff. And Bilbo even says at the Council of Rivendell, there's whole chapters of stuff before you even got here. And when they return, they find that he hasn't really written that much, and he's certainly not writing much more as they tell him more and more stuff about the adventure after Rivendell. Nevertheless, there is definitely collaboration that goes on, and one of the... Corey Olson, the Tolkien professor, talks a lot about this in his Exploring the Lord of the Rings series, which is now at Karadras, uh, and he talks a lot about, you know, who do we think wrote this passage? Who do we think wrote this passage? And he very... I think correctly points out that the earlier chapters do seem to be written largely by Bilbo because they have that Hobbit-like tone. They sound like the Hobbit. And then 
it gets more serious and more serious and more serious, and that seems to be where Frodo takes over. And then there's input from other authors and, you know, stuff like that. But the whole idea here of, you know, Frodo kind of relaying the information, Bilbo writing some of it, and then Frodo having to write other parts of it, you know, it, it kind of evokes that relationship that J.R.R. had with Christopher in which, you know, they're kind of collaborating in some sense in writing The Lord of the Rings because Tolkien in a large way kind of wrote the story for his kids who were growing up at that point and that's why the story grew up, you know, compared to The Hobbit because The Hobbit was also a story he told to his kids. And, you know, it was when they were much younger and he, I think he even says this in a letter somewhere, although I forget where, but he mentions the fact that, you know, I've, I've told this story to my kids and now they're growing up. And so the story is kind of growing up with them and it's getting a lot more serious. And as a result, he is especially connected with Christopher because Christopher is the one who is always very much into all of that stuff. There's even a story and I forget if this was in a letter as well, but I think it was just in his biography, but <laughs> he would, he tells us there's a story about when Tolkien was saying something about some character or whatnot, and Christopher points out, actually, no, it was whatever, and Tolkien's just like, damn the boy, <laughs> because he's pointing out errors that he's made. And this is, you know, this is Christopher's life. I mean, Christopher ended up after he grew up and went and did his own academic thing, and then Tolkien dies, he takes over as the literary executor of Tolkien's writings and spends the rest of his life pretty much literally, you know, working on Tolkien stuff, publishing it, getting the notes out there, and in that way he's kind of like Frodo and even a little bit like Sam, you know, Sam's a little bit more on the periphery, but still kind of in that role, Although in some ways it's kind of reversed and he's more like Frodo versus Bilbo because Bilbo was the original author and then Frodo kind of, you know, I mean, it's, the whole thing is a little bit, you know, it, it like I said, there's no really direct parallel. It's certainly not a an allegory. I don't want to be accused of making this an allegory, but it is interesting, I think, to look at that relationship and see how there are similarities and parallels with J.R.R. and Christopher in that relationship, how they author, they collaborate, they, you know, put their heads together in some ways. And it's just really interesting to look at that. And I, I can't help but think that Tolkien had at least some conscious idea that he was doing something like this. Not that he was directly trying to put his relationship with Christopher into the story via Bilbo and Frodo, because again, you can't. It, that direct parallel does not work well. But I do think that probably he realized that there was some element of that, and I think it's really, really touching to think of him thinking of Christopher in that way so highly that he puts him in the story as along with kind of a self-insert in an indirect but nevertheless noticeable way if you pay attention. So anyway, that's just something that crossed my mind recently, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know, that that may actually have some legs to it. So I just wanted to share that, and, you know, if you have any particular thoughts along those lines, share them in the comments. Otherwise, if you like the video, give it a thumbs up, share it around, 
Social and support links are in the description below. Follow me on Twitter for occasional Tolkien-related trivia questions. And until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namadie. Thanks to all the channel supporters, especially Elf Friends, PA Brew News, Nathan DeFore, Paul Leone, and Oleg Gregg.